so far we kind of heard the first cell phone kind of <laughs> spreading its wings <laughs> And I think that's fine, you know, because we are leaving now soon. Some of them have really nice sounds, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I uh, would like to speak a little bit about what we can take with us from this retreat. And... Uh, and I think the essence of, of what we can take with us is what we have experienced, you know, directly, you know, through the, the protection of the retreat, there is more capacity to stay with our experience. I hope, or at least, that's, you know, that's the reason why there are retreats offered, because of that, you know, because in daily life there's often so much going on that we just can't really stay present enough to see clearly, but the whole re the retreat is all about that, you know, kind of to, to create this um, protected space, this special space, you know, where there is everything geared towards, uh, so you can really focus maximally on your experience, and then you can see, you know, what is happening? Are you turning towards distraction, you know, in terms of your preferred daydreaming and worrying and all of the five hindrances? Or, you know, do you notice that moment and then choose to step out from that, you know, and stay with the openness of the present experience? you know, which is constantly changing and it kind of feels, um, you know, we, are, we have to familiarize ourselves with that feeling. It's difficult to speak about it, but it's, it's a feeling of uh, groundlessness, we could say. And the meditation practice is about, you know, familiarizing ourselves with that openness and and stay with it still, you know, choose to step into it rather than go into habitual patterns of um, thinking, you know. And uh, it sounds all pretty simple, but as you all know, it's, it's, it's not easy to do. And because we, somehow we, we can't, we feel uneasy to stay with the openness to stay with that energy, we prefer, you know, to send the energy down a certain pattern which feels familiar and then that seems to be, you know, we get hooked on that. And, you know, all of the addictions out there, you know, which are possible and all of the you know, hindrances, which, which like, is also a form of addiction, really. It's not, you know, it's not maybe so visible, like, like some, uh, you know, people who are really kind of in very destructive uh, addictions caught up. They even, you know, go so far to kind of kill, kill their bodies because 
they just can't stop. It's so powerful, you know. And the the five hindrances is 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 the same thing in a, in a kind of a lighter way. But still, you know, it's a way how we can uh, deal with with the energy of experience instead of being fully with it and allowing it, you know, to to teach us about impermanence most of all, you know, because all of those triggers, you know, which are happening in our life, they have a beginning, a middle and an end, just like this retreat. But somehow, you know, if it's really powerful, we just can't remember it. And off we go, you know, in kind of scheming about it in some way or another, because that feels more familiar. But then, you know, if you keep on doing that for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, <laughs> you keep on wondering, you know, is that really uh, the right way to go? And it isn't. Really. <laughs> so, you know, if, if, if there's anything of value to take away with you after this retreat, or after any retreat, it's, it's that recognition, you know, that we do have a choice if we step into habit or if we step into openness. And they both, you know, are suffering, you know, to a certain extent. But once one of the suffering of stepping into the openness of not knowing, is the suffering which leads out of suffering and, and the suffering of stepping into a, a habitual tendency such as the hindrances or any other more, even more destructive habits, you know. They just leading us in circles. So, you know, what the Buddha had, the Buddha can't offer you like a suffering free option, but you can choose, you know, how to invest the suffering. And I think that's kind of good news, really, because at least you know it has a it has a function. Because if we use the suffering of looking at, at our experience fully in terms of stepping into the openness, you know, then we we start the transformation process. And if we don't do that, if we do the opposite and step into habit, we're just strengthening our habits, you know, and then it's, it's even more difficult to transform. There's even more kind of momentum in the habit and it's even more painful. So it's, it's totally up to you, you know, and up to me as well. And I, I know it's, you know, I've even been taking on this form of training because I find it so difficult not to go down, you know, the lane of habit. And it hasn't been a magic cure either, you know. But it's, it has a lot of reminders in it, you know. And I think, you know, that's what you can also do in your daily life, you know, to set up your life in a way that you have some strategic reminders during the day, you know, which help you to remember to, to step out, and that's worth it to step out, even if it's unpleasant, you know. And, uh, you know, a daily practice is, is, is the best, of course, 
and you know and sometimes we we feel like we don't even have five minutes but five minutes is still better than nothing so you know that's that's one of the first things I'd like to mention is you know however much time you can put into it please you know do it interrupt the momentum of you know operating on a habitual level and interrupt it as, as often as you can even if it's only for short moments you know but that willingness to bear with the friction of interrupting a habitual process that's really the key you know to have that uh, willingness and to have enough wisdom you know that we understand the power of it it's like you know putting on the brakes and then and then feel, having that feeling you know and being willing to have that feeling and seeing okay you know it's not gonna it's not gonna kill me i think that's really important to have that um, clarity you know and then there is, you know, having, having spiritual friends is, is very, very important and, and uh, incredibly uh, powerful also. Especially, you know, if we hit really like a very low time in our practice, it's very unlikely that our friends, you know, are all at the same time low. So there's always a possibility, you know, to kind of exchange and help each other, as Ananda Bodhi was saying yesterday, and you know, even in the scriptures it's mentioned as the most powerful external factor in the practice is friends, you know. If you are like sometimes you've completely lost the path, you know, you can't anymore, you don't anymore know what to do and all of that, and then somebody comes and and they are not in that space and they just basically tell you what you would anyway know if you wouldn't be so, you know, temporarily triggered in some way or another. So they just kind of, it's like a mirror, you know. They show you what you already know. And they, they draw out those good qualities you already have, you know, through, through reflecting them back. And I think this is very important to cultivate, you know, like, a group of people you can come back to in this way and you know, call them or go for a drink with them or you know anything it doesn't have to be like a, you know necessarily a long meeting or so because sometimes people don't have time but with the with the cell phones you know it's easy isn't it you can just like have a little video conversation for 10 minutes and it can make a, a lot of a difference to to your well-being you know and then you just keep going again so that's I think that's very important and then uh, and in your own home I think it's it's really very advisable to have some kind of a corner or a little place, you know, where you have, where you sit, and to, I would suggest, you know, to always go back to the same place because it somehow empowers that that spot, you know, and to have some something there, you know, which inspires your mind, a photo of a teacher or a piece of art, whatever helps you, you know, to connect with the 
with that uh, capacity, you know, to step out of habit. Somebody, you know, who is embodying that in the being, you know, might really help you just have a look at the picture from time to time. It just is, reminds you of your own potential. So I think those two things, you know, are very helpful. Spiritual friends and a little kind of um, space in, in your, where you live, you know, which is uh, an embodiment of the practice, you know, in some way or another. And some people you know, need a lot of decor in order to feel inspired and others maybe want to have it very simple. You find what works for you. And then as I said also earlier on, you know, there's lots of uh, Dharma talks available online, especially on Dharma Seed. Our talks are, there, are posted there as well, the talks from this retreat also. There's hundreds of teachers. It might be difficult to decide, you know. But there's lots of good teachings available. So if you need, you know, some inspiration, go to the teachers you already know, you know, that they inspire you and, and listen. Don't even have to listen to a whole talk, you can just listen a little bit. So I think this is three things which really helpful and uh, you know and it's we, we need we need support because sometimes the going can get really tough and uh, we don't have to do it without support. There's no reason for that. And uh, I wanted to come back one more time, you know, to those four things when developed and practiced a lot, inclined towards the growth of wisdom. And number one is association with good people. So that's what I just mentioned. Because they bring out the best in us. And then the next point is hearing the true teaching. And, you know, and it's, it means not in terms of true and false, but the accurate, accurate authentic teaching, you know, as opposed to a watered-down version. A watered-down version is also useful, you know, but if you want to have the real, full, Practice. I think you need to have an authentic version, you know, which includes, you know, less uh, glamorous things such as the precepts. <laughs> I think they are really important. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to keep as many precepts. We keep but just the five, you know. <laughs> yeah. And Anna Bodhi is going to give the five precepts afterwards. We free you from the eight precepts. <laughs> and then the next point is um, careful attention. You know, careful attention means. Basically, meditation. You know, meditation in the four foundations of mindfulness: body, feelings, mind states, and 
phenomena to just pay careful attention as much as we can, you know, to the arising and ceasing. And if we train ourselves in formal meditation, then our capacity to do that when we are out there, you know, increases, of course. That's why we meditate. So that we have more capacity to careful attention, you know, in the workplace, in the family, and everywhere, on the road. And then the last point is practicing the teaching in accordance with the teaching, which means, you know, starting with a, a certain amount of conceptual understanding of the authentic teaching and then yeah, use that as a, as a basis, you know, to train ourselves. <coughs> so those four points, you know, when developed and practiced a lot, incline towards the growth of wisdom. There only is only four. One is good friends, so that's you know you don't even have to do that. You just have to find them. <laughs> and then <laughs> hearing hearing the true teaching. I mean authentic teaching. So even that, you know, you just have to get yourself to a place where where it's available. Careful attention, that's the one, you know, which is which requires input from us, from our energy, you know, in practicing. And practicing in for in order for it, you know, for that power of awareness to translate in our daily lives. And then practicing the teaching in accordance with the teaching. So you know, having having the patience, you know, to, to find, you know, some information and then put it into practice. So those four points, when developed and practiced a lot, incline towards the growth of wisdom. And what growth of wisdom really means is, you know, being able to stay open to our experience. Because if, if there's some wisdom, then we know you know, we are not the five khandas, but we are that which knows the five khandas, which means, you know, staying open to experience, staying open to the knowing. And then have enough faith to really practice accordingly because of the unpleasant feeling which can arise when, when we stay open and not go down up the path of habit. The energy, you know, is not, our energy pathways are not used to that, so it feels kind of, you know, I have to just go worrying about this again. And then, you know, to pull yourself back and stay with the, the feeling of that, you know, the sensations in the body. And it's like, uh, you know, as I mentioned some, some days ago, like, you know, unthawing the system from habitual ways of doing things. It's like, you know, the habitual ways of thinking is when a river is frozen over in the winter time, then, you know, even a car could drive over that river. And then in the spring it starts to melt. 
and then it's flowing again, you know, there's no impossible for a car to drive over it. So it's that, you know, allowing that unfolding of habitual ways of relating to our experience, it, it, it has, you know, it, it requires a willingness to bear with that energy and allow, allow it to come back to life, you know, reclaiming our life again. And because it's, it's uh, you know, not an easy process, we need the support of friends and all other skillful means, you know, we can relate to. And, uh, you know, make them part of our lives. In a, in a strategic way, really, you know, to, to keep ourselves uh, on track, basically. And you know, the way how we live as bhikkhunis is, is, is a pretty extreme way of keeping yourself on track. And even then, you can still get off track, you know. <laughs> so it, it does, you know, it really is a good idea to, to think about that, you know, how can you uh, use what is available to keep interested, you know, and to keep inspired on the path. And, you know, it's, it's a way of reclaiming the vastness of our lives and not, you know, not being staying in the box, you know, because it feels like so um, familiar, coming out of the box. And now Ayanna body is going to offer the five precepts, you know, to give a framework for coming out of the box. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.